Hello and welcome to this week's Daily Info Opscast. I'm here with Katie and Michael and it's Wednesday the 18th of November. Uh, we've got loads of uh, exciting events coming up in the week that we're going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to be talking about mince pies and Mockingjay. Katie, what are you talking about? Romans, rodents and alternative rock. Uh, Michael? Uh, and I've got an epic from Finland, punk from the Balkans and a Danish ballet. Wow, that's, that's an eclectic mix. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, well, we normally like to start the podcast with our Oxford fact. Um, this one isn't so much a fact as a kind of an announcement. Um, so there's going to be a festival coming to Oxford in May. Um, this is going to be called Common People Festival and it's going to be held in South Park. Um, now, this is pretty exciting because it's going to be organised by uh, Rob DeBank and the people from Bestival. Um, and Common People is already a festival, so there's one in Southampton that was held last year. And this is going to be a sister festival to it that will be held on the same weekend, and then they'll be doing the um, line-up swap thing over the two days. But then there'll also be some homegrown talent in there as well. Um, so it's going to be on the 28th and 29th of May, which is the spring bank holiday weekend, so you'll have the Monday to recover as well, which is ideal. Um, yeah, and last year, the Southampton one, the headliners was Fatboy Slim and Grace Jones. Wow. So if we get anything like that, that would be pretty cool. Um, they also had Years and Years, Clean Bandit, De La Soul, DJ Yoda, and the Cuban Brothers playing last year. So hopefully it will go a bit better than the ill-fated Oxford Oxford Festival, which was supposed to happen in South Park last year. But um, there's a pretty solid team behind this one, so I think uh, we could definitely expect it to actually happen. Um, there's not that much information out about it yet, but for updates, you can find them on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, for, search for at Common People Ox. And you can sign up to their mailing list as well. And 100 people who sign up to the mailing list will be randomly chosen to get early bird £10 uh, day tickets for the festival as well, so um, you may as well sign up, get some news, and have a chance of uh, getting that. Um, so yeah, it's called Common People Festival, it'll be held in South Park, and very looking forward to it. Very exciting. On to this week's events. Now, I don't know how well you remember your years as a teenager, but I remember that puberty wasn't the best period of time, <laughs> but someone's decided to turn it into a musical. Mm -hmm. So this is Spring Awakening at the O'Reilly Theatre at Keeble College, and it's running from Wednesday until Saturday. So it's an alternative rock musical which is set in the late 19th century in Germany. You've seen this before, haven't you? I have seen this before, and it's very, very good. Um, so it's based on a play, uh, a German novel called Spring Awakening, which was published in 1891. And it's basically a tale of teenagers going through puberty and discovering their sexuality and the reaction of their oppressive parents and teachers to this discovery. It's at once funny in places and really sad and quite mm -hmm. poignant. Um, and the original Broadway show, which ran, I think, in 2006, um, won eight Tonys and starred Leah Michelle from Glee oh, wow. as one of the main characters. So, yeah, it's a really great musical. Um, I wouldn't say fun for the whole family, but <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely worth a watch. It's actually something I've been meaning to see for a long time but then there's never been one around that I could go to so I might have to try and catch this one at the O'Reilly cool yeah it's definitely worth a watch so that's Spring Awakening at the O'Reilly Theatre from Wednesday until Saturday most days at 7.30 and on Saturday as a matinee at 2.30pm and tickets are £9 and £7 for concessions and tonight and tonight only um, the Oxford Music Society and the Oxford Talking Society are putting on the Kalevala, a celebration at Harris Manchester College Chapel. The 
Kalevala, whether or not I'm saying it correctly. Hmm. What on earth? Um, it may be familiar to some. Uh, the great Finnish epic, um, like their national saga, which a little bit like the Iliad or Odyssey, um, grew out of an oral tradition that lasted centuries from uh, before recordings happened, hence being an oral tradition. And it was then written down in the 19th century in a poetic form. So there's your standard spell casting, adventures, romance, um, people turning into swans. That happens in an Irish mythology thing as well. Now wondering whether I've just concatenated the two into one. Is it gonna, so is it going to be performed? Um, the whole thing is pretty long. Um, so they're going to have readings from from the Kalevala from a translation and also readings from Tolkien's The Story of Kalervo, which is part of one of the last cycles of the of the Kalevala. As he was he was quite in love with this source material. There are aspects about the Kalevala which might be reminiscent of, of Lord of the Rings. That should definitely get a whole load of people along then. And when he was at Exeter College as an undergrad, um, he wrote part of the epic as a novel, The Story of Kalervo. Um, which was just completed and published this year from his unfinished manuscript. Um, it was the first time he tried out prose writing. Mm. See where that led. <laughs> so, yeah, we were just talking earlier on about how trippy the whole thing is. Um, the so the creation myth, especially, how it starts. Um, Ilmatar, sounds plausible as a pronunciation, daughter of the ether, um, she decides to hang out on Earth for a while and then gets stuck there. She's a bit sad at being there. She finds it a bit dreary and especially sad about being in labour for 700 years oh, with God. the hero of the of the thing. Uh, admittedly, she's downcast and, and says, God help me. And then, um, as a university lecturer once said, help comes in the form of a duck. <laughs> um, a duck, a beauteous duck, descends from heaven and mistakes her for an island and, and lays some eggs because he thinks she's an island um, and the eggs hatch and the parts of the egg turn into the skies and the earth, sun, moon, stars and she thinks that's pretty cool. It gets inspired and then starts creating other things like hills, beaches, reefs. Behold, the world! <laughs> that is an awesomely trippy story. <laughs> Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. I'm pretty sure any any creation myth, even whether you believe it or not, is it's going to be trippy. Because you start off with nothing <laughs> yeah, and then sure. something happens. But a beauteous duck laying an egg on a woman <laughs> was an island. Yeah, this is how it begins. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, you'll be hearing readings from that, hopefully that itself. Um, and music I mentioned, the Finnish folk duo Kalaton, presumably related to the Kalavella, will be playing... It's their second collaboration with the Tolkien Society. All in all, I would love to read or hear the, the thing in its entirety, mm -hmm. um, but this is a good chance to hear extracts and get started. So it's happening at Harris Manchester tonight at 7.30, and it's totally free. Yay. Love a free event. Mm -hmm. I've got another free event for oh, you. Oh, nice. <laughs> so what do you think animals can teach us about sleeping? Some of them are really good at it. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I mean, I would really like to eat loads of food and then sleep for a few months around this time <laughs> of year. That would be a dream right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Um, well, other answers to this question will hopefully be given by Professor Irene Tobler, 
who has studied more than 20 species, uh, including mice, elephants, monkeys and cockroaches. Um, watching them while they sleep. Watching them while they sleep, being Ooh. a bit creepy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, studying why they, <laughs> them while they sleep to try and determine the evolution of sleep patterns and sleep regulation mm. and to see how that can help us get a better night's sleep. So I've got some animal sleep facts for you. Oh, yeah, I love these. Let's go. <laughs> so lots of whales and dolphins only sleep with half their brain oh. asleep. Well, they rest right? half... The rest oh, half one, one go. Yeah, and then the other half sort of makes sure they don't drown, oh, basically. So it keeps them floating. The that's surface. really cool. Very cool. Um, it's probably a well-known fact and is adorable. Sea otters fall asleep holding hands oh. so they don't <laughs> drift apart, oh. which is just lovely. And they're just the best creatures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what animal do you think can go the longest without sleeping? Hmm. And for how long? Is it a trick question? Is it people who work in the White House or, <laughs> or something? No. Just from watching the West Wing, it sounds plausible. Who would have Either to Either something really big or really small. You're on the right lines. So a whale or a tiny fish? A woodlouse. Uh, it's a giraffe. Ah. So they can go for weeks without sleeping. Weeks. Because, as you can imagine, being a massive, great herbivore who can be easily toppled is not the best recipe for a do they lie down to sleep? I don't know. Do they know. just lean against something? <laughs> I'd be worried that if they sort of had a lie down, they would never get up again. No, I don't think I've ever seen a lying down giraffe. No. Um, I'm going to Google that in a bit. Just lean against should. a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe each, each other. other. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable as yeah. well. While holding hooves. <laughs> and the animal who is said to sleep the longest is the little brown bat which sleeps for an average of 19.9 hours lazy lazy <laughs> as <laughs> uh, yeah so if you want to see if animals can tell us any more about sleep then go to professor tobler's talk at the andrew wiles building at the mathematic institute tomorrow night at 5 45 p.m and it's totally free i think i know a few little brown bats you know <laughs> a few acquaintances <laughs> Um, for more lectures and meetings and any more events, you can find them on dailyinfo.co.uk where we've got hundreds or probably thousands of events listed that are happening in and around Oxford. If you want to get yourself a Shetland pony <laughs> and study its sleep patterns, then check out our pets page. There's one going for free. <laughs> it's got all the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever other podcast provider you use to make sure that you get the every week straight to your device on a Wednesday. Sounds good. So our last item left me feeling super chilled um, chatting about sleep. For something more rousing, um, this Friday night at the Bullingdon, the Balkan Wanderers are launching their second EP, So It Goes. Um, they're not a football team, though. They're not a football team. They would be. A, they would make a great fantasy football team name, um, but for disambiguation purposes, this is the Balkan-inspired gypsy ska punk band um, with a Croatian-British German lineup. <laughs> so earlier this week, I chatted to band members Stu and Antitsa about what they're looking forward to on Friday and what you can expect when you see them live. We played a So Far Sounds gig, so there, you know, you're playing acoustically to a, a really quiet and attentive audience um, and, and that, that can be really fun but on Friday it's not going to be like that yeah. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be loud it's going to be a party um, it's going to be a lot of dancing 
Um, so I think what we're about is a sort of party atmosphere. When yeah. You try and channel the spirit of a you know a Balkan wedding feast or something like that. Well, I like yeah. to say there is one famous um, band from ex Yugoslavia, uh, and the lyrics of their song, the ending says. Oh, my friends, we are almost 20, our 20th is approaching, so they think that's kind of old. Okay, that's well, fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, and then they say, let's dance and let's be happy. Let's dance like it is a prom's night. Yeah. So I think that's the spirit we want to have. The type of music we play is different from, I think, what people usually encounter here. And very often you have this stare at you, what are you doing exactly? But then gradually, I think in every single, no matter what the audience was, so people that knew us or didn't know us, at the end you get quite a large majority actually dancing or at least nodding their heads, yeah. which is always very rewarding. So also on Friday there will be uh, some freebies, including some merchandise and Croatian sweets have been promised. Um, and there's support from Tamara Parsons Baker and Peerless Parrots. You can hear Stu and Antica talk about other Balkan artists, songs about love and national identity, and a brief bit of ornithology on the Oxcast Extra. So, yep, the launch is at the Bullingdon this Friday at 7.30. Uh, it's £5 advance or 7 on the door. Bargain. Um, now, this weekend is going to be the Christmas Light Festival in Oxford. Um, so there's going to be loads of stuff happening all around the city, um, particularly on Friday night. So... I've picked out a few of the things that are happening around the city that you can go to. Uh, there's going to be the Umbrella Project at the Oxford Castle by Cirque Bijou. Uh, that's going to be on Friday at 6.30 and from 8.30 till 10pm. And if you look at some of the pictures of this, it looks so cool. There are these uh, light-up, multicoloured umbrellas um, that are going to be doing some kind of performance or dance. I don't really know, <laughs> but it looks really cool and it would make a really good photo. Um, so that's, yeah, that's on at the Oxford Castle. There's going to be mulled cider and mince pies at the Western Library on Broad Street. The Lantern Parade, which involves lots of different uh, shapes or animals made from, um, or the last time that I went to it anyway, uh, made from white paper and then with lights inside that often made by kids from local schools that's and other so groups. Cool. That parade is going to be going from Newenhall Street to Broad Street, starting at 6.30, going via Queen Street, so not the, not George Street, um, going around that way. Um, so definitely go and try and see that. There's going to be events on at the Ashmolean, Pitt Rivers, Modern Art Oxford, and the Story Museum, and uh, uh, lots of other things happening across the city as well. You can find more details on oxfordschristmas.com. Then over the weekend as well, there's going to be festive market stalls on Broad Street on Saturday and Sunday, an interactive soundscape experience at the Oxford Ice Rink, which sounds really cool. There's wow. going to be um, projections and DJs, and there's a few different sessions at different times over the weekend. Um, and again, there's more information about that on oxfordschristmas.com, which is the council's website for um, the uh, this weekend of events, which is the Christmas Light Festival. Oh, also, there's going to be uh, a load of lanterns hanging in the trees on the plain for the weekend. Oh. Um, so if you're coming into East Oxford, you can look out for that at night. Um, but yeah, all of the events are free, uh, but particularly make sure you go to the uh, Lantern Parade, which starts at 6.30 from New and Hall Street. I'd be a bit worried about um, skating while lots of different lights are going on, because I think I'd be a bit too busy looking at all the lights and skating to someone. Yeah, I'm not a strong skater anyway, <laughs> to be honest, but you just go and look at it. See other people get distracted. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much you remember about your Roman history from primary school. I remember very little other than they ate dormice. 
But I know you built straight roads. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, I'm sure that was true, you know. Well, to jog your memory, the Ashmolean is hosting a Remembering the Romans event happening this Sunday from 11am till 4pm, and again, totally free. So you, this is the opportunity to go as a family or just as an individual, if you want to learn more, to listen to traditional Roman stories that children would have learnt uh, off by heart, um, carve inscriptions, test your code-cracking skills on real Latin inscriptions, and explore the interactive exhibitions happening in the museum. There are also lots of talks and tours on Roman memorials and portraits and a Roman fashion show, which you can get involved in. <laughs> cool. Um, and you can even try out some of the techniques that they use to create clothing. So weaving and dyeing the different fabrics. So it all sounds very fun. Um, it's suitable for any age, so why not head along and jog your memory? I'll dig out my toga. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Remembering the Romans at the Ashmolean on Sunday from 11am until 4pm, and that's totally free. Such a wide variety of cool stuff on this weekend, um, including another way to culture up your Sunday afternoon, which is a retelling of Hans Christian Andersen's classic fairy tale, The Snow Queen. A.K.A. Frozen. Yeah. A.K.A. Frozen. <laughs> it's pretty much the same. You guys are going to have to help me with the parallels between it and Frozen, because I've only seen two-thirds of Frozen <laughs> and it missed the end entirely. I, I thought that the Snow Queen herself was a bit more evil and, I don't know, was inflicting more bad things than Elsa does. Yeah. yeah. The Snow Queen's pretty good because it's like ballet plus Frozen equals small child's dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Snow Queen, which has had a little bit of a revival since Frozen, but there are a few story differences. So this it's the story of Gerda and her quest to find her friend Kay, whom the evil Snow Queen has placed under an evil spell. Um, so she has to rescue him, going on a journey. Uh, she, she does encounter a snowman. Um, Called Olaf. There's, I, I think the name names may have changed. Okay. To, to protect certain <laughs> characters. So she encounters um, an enchanted reindeer. Is there an enchanted reindeer in? He's not really enchanted. He's just like a dog. Regular. He's just a reg. Okay. So the reindeers here are enchanted, selling point. And a mysterious and reclusive woman from Lapland. Guess what? Only Gerda's love for Kay can release him from the evil spell and break the Snow Queen's curse of eternal winter. So he has to rescue this guy. It sounds a bit Narnia-esque as well, actually. Lots of things have come out from these myths and fairy tales. Mm -hmm. So bringing it to the beacon in Wantage this Sunday is Ballet Theatre UK, a classical dance company who do... Classics you might expect, like Swan Lake and The Nutcracker. Also, more cool fairy tale stuff Alice in Wonderland, Aladdin. Yeah, artistic director Christopher Moore takes inspiration from classical dance, uh, theatre, um, literature, pop culture, and wants to make dance accessible to anyone, whether you're big into ballet or not. Um, and previous productions have got great write ups in the independent. And elsewhere. Uh, so Sunday is nearly sold out, says the website, with some urgent capitalisation. <laughs> so if you want to be there, it's £14 at the Beacon on Sunday. I saw a lovely Snow Queen at the Pegasus last year, 
and it is uh, just a really good one for all ages. I was there with no <laughs> no children, just a couple of friends my own age. Um, but yeah, it was still a really lovely evening. Anyway, I've picked a couple of films that are out this week now, um, just to highlight uh, a couple of ones that look particularly good. So of course, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 is going to be out. Previews actually start today, and then it's on full release from Friday. So this is the quadrilogy concluding. So in Part 1, the rebellion was building momentum, and Katniss was... Uh, just starting to accept her role as the symbolic figurehead of the resistance um, against the capital's tyranny. And then right at the end of the film, if you remember, um, they managed to get Peter back from the enemy imprisonment, but they soon find out that he's not quite the same, so he's been kind of brainwashed, and they've been using mind control techniques and psychoactive drugs to brainwash him. Um, so in this film, Katniss has got to try and get Peter back on her side and unbrainwash him and then defeat the capital and save the world. So no bother. Um, and do all that in about two hours. Uh, now, so it was all shot back-to-back -back with the first one. Um, so this is actually likely to be the last time we see Philip Seymour Hoffman on screen as well. Um, and, of course, we all want to see how the quadrilogy ends. It's going to be on The View, Morden Street and George Street. And, as I said, previews start today. And the other pick that I've got is The Lady in the Van, um, which looks like a lovely film. It's adapted from the Alan Bennett play, which is a mostly true story of a lady who lives in the van and she moved on to Alan Bennett Street. So this is the, the true story part. And um, she was just about to be moved on and Alan Bennett said, well, why don't you move into my driveway for a bit till you find somewhere else to go? Uh, he said, yeah, you don't worry about it. You can stay for a few weeks, a couple of months, whatever. She stayed for 15 years. <laughs> um, she's an incredibly abrasive character and played by the perfectly cast Maggie Smith in this um, and has been getting only excellent reviews. I think it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes so far. Wow. And I think it's going to be one of those heartwarming British classics. And if you've seen The History Boys, which was obviously a brilliant play and then didn't quite work in the cinematic adaptation, it was still had a great script, but just didn't have that real fizz off the screen. This one, I think, has been getting better reviews in that sense, so it is really working as a, as a cinematic production, um, as well as something that works for the stage. Um, so this one's going to be at the Phoenix and George Street this week and next week, and is at the View and Morden Street today and tomorrow as well, but won't be on next week. Um, so yeah, definitely try and check that one out too. But for the full list of times when these films are on, and all of the other films, you can find them on dailyinfo.co.uk, We've got cinema listings for Odeon George Street, Morden Street View, Phoenix and the UPP. We've also got a review of um, The Lady in the Van mm. from one of our reviewers. So if you want to have a little read and uh, put in your two cents, then why not write your own review? And to be kept as up-to-date as possible, why not follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as Daily Info Oxford and and now playing us out from their new EP is the aforementioned Balkan Wanderers. So we go, snitched on the edge of them. When the clouds are clear, you better get away. Take sail and suffice to wait another day. Uchvati sunsem. So we go.